My name is Haley Kim, and I'm the creator and host of Iconic Businesses of Dallas. Join me as I interview successful businessmen and women around DFW to hear their stories about how they got to where they are today. Get inspired and leave with great takeaways from their experiences that you can apply to your own daily life. We, we have to be more forward thinking. And, and the rear view mirror is got to be smaller than the windshield. We got to be more focused on where we're going versus where we've been helpful. The past is meant to help you, not to hurt you, right? We're going to use that information, but we've got to actually be using it to influence the future. I'm sure I'm not the only one who dreads tax season. How much am I going to owe? What counts as a write-off? What forms do I need to turn in? It can be so stressful. I've learned so much from this episode's guest, Susan Bryant. For example, did you know that you don't have to provide a receipt to the IRS for write-offs for purchases $75 and under? Susan is the principal at MB Group, an innovative and forward-thinking accounting firm. MB Group is the perfect partner for business owners who are looking for exceptional service and tailored solutions. They have a team of certified professionals that have the expertise and experience to help a business grow. They work with individuals and businesses on taxes, accounting, planning, and consulting. With a focus on high net worth individuals, real estate agents, medical professionals, attorneys, and more. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Haley. It's good to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I am a CPA, but I'm a different kind of CPA because I don't have a degree in accounting. I have a degree in marketing. I've taken all the accounting classes. I passed the CPA exam on my first try, but I approach things just a little bit differently. So um, I like to think that uh, that unique approach is what brings uh, a different type of outcome for our clients. So I have a business partner and we co-own a CPA firm in Plano where we're in the business of transforming our clients. So what about your clients? So what kind of clients do you typically see and help? Yeah. So we primarily work with business owners. So these are privately held owner operated businesses. They generally have revenues somewhere between a million and $10 million. So they're in a huge growth phase of their business. And we love to work with business owners who come with this mindset of how do I get from point A to point B? How do I set this business on fire? And so we help guide them. We take off the accounting from them so they don't have to think about that anymore. So instead of worrying about reconciling their bank account, they can focus on going to grow the revenue for their firm. Or, um, you know, we help them save on taxes because we know every single dollar they can keep in their business. (laughs) I mean, they can get an ROI on it. They can hire another employee, invest in equipment. There's something that they can do with it. You send it to the IRS and it is it's gone. You I mean you don't get a thank you note. You don't get like interest income. It's just gone. So we really feel like there's sort of this recipe of like, we can get the accounting regimented and disciplined for these business owners off of them, that burden, yeah. no chaos, you know, it's just orderly. And then mix that with um, solid tax planning and again, compliance, you don't run the risk of penalties and all these other costly mistakes. And you kind of factor in a little bit of advisory services. You know, what are other business owners doing? How do we get, you know, the maximize the return on the investment in our business? You kind of mix all those things together and you have this beautiful thing called enterprise value, right? Your business is worth more because of this recipe that we have. And then that leads to the accomplishment of all your personal and professional financial goals. So it's, it's like almost magical in a way, I think. Well, I love that it's a huge package deal because, I mean, accounting, 
and anything CPA, like IRS tax related, it's so daunting and so scary. I think as a, especially like as a new business owner too, I mean, it's tough enough doing it for yourself because mm-hmm. we're all, you know, I'm a realtor, so it's all 1099. So that's already confusing. And then to have to do it for your business, it's, you don't want to get screw anything up because then you get audited, which has happened to me. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the worst experience ever. So yeah, um, it's rough and it, and it, it weighs on you. Right. So yeah. you just want to do everything. Like I just want to, I want to do everything that I can to not pay tax. Right. But I want to do it right because I don't want to be in the wrong later yes. and then have this giant liability pop up and say, Oh no. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it's great because I feel like we're sort of being this resource to business owners to just take this burden away from them. Um, but we like to educate them along the way. I mean, we want them to be knowledgeable about, you know, a lot of people come to us and they're like, well, and we ask the question like, okay, well, how are you, how is your business taxed? A lot of times they don't we even don't know. know. They don't know. They're that's like, how I'm an LLC. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a state designation. I'm like, what is your federal tax designation? And many people, many business owners, they don't even know. Yeah. So uh, a CPA has done something in the past and, and they're like, I don't even know why I'm set up this way. So there's a lot of education that we like to do for our clients to help them to really understand why we're doing things the way that we're doing them and help them to understand the strategy behind it so that they can really begin to magnify the impacts of it. I mean, they really do, once they sort of get the grasp of it, you know, it it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, God, I would just think it's such a huge sense of relief to have a professional just come in and like you said, take that off your your plate and give the entrepreneur or whoever the CEO, you know, time to work on what they're, they're good at, you know? Yeah. I mean, no one starts a business to be great at accounting. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're an accountant. (laughs) There you go. That's that's it. Yeah. But it's really interesting because it's it's funny because accounting is one of those things where, you know, there's, you know, companies like QuickBooks, you know, Intuit, you know, who have created Mm -hmm. this market for this DIY mentality, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, business owners come to us and, you know, they, they feel this obligation to try to understand this, like all the aspects of it. And it's like, I mean, I mean, many people, I mean, we're not mowing our own yards. Mm-hmm. We're not cleaning our own houses. I mean, we're most certainly not like operating on ourselves, right? I yeah. mean, we hire a doctor <laughs> to do some type of surgery. And yet it's really interesting that in a lot of ways, um, there's business owners who just don't want to let go of that accounting. And I'm like, you know, you really do have to um, balance that needs, I think, to, to understand and sort of be involved in it yeah. with handing it over and letting an expert actually guide and direct you. It's so hard to like trust someone when it comes to your money, you know, yeah. that's the big one. It but is. to know that you're, you do multiple like aspects of it. I think it, you know, would make me as a client feel more comfortable. Cause I know, you know what you're talking about. It's not just, you know, cause when I got audited, it was a CPA quote unquote, but it wasn't a professional that really knew how to handle like, you know, 1099, that kind of stuff. Oh, right. So yeah. it's just like a, person that was used to doing real simple stuff and mm-hmm. over uh, did some kind of, uh, what is it, in- exemptions or whatever for me. Mm-hmm. And that really mm-hmm. screwed everything up for yeah. us. That was not fun. <laughs> yeah. You do really have to do your homework. So similar, I mean, it's just, I'm sure it's the same in, you know, real estate, right? You're not going to go to someone to lease an office building as the same, you know, expertise as buying a residential home right. or a multifamily property, right? So same thing in the accounting world, you know, you are not going to choose a financial statement auditor to prepare your tax return. Right. So you kind of have to go to the people who have a niche practice and a niche focus on serving your type of business. Right. Growing pains of a new business. I'm like, I learned that the hard way. We're yeah. never going to make that mistake yeah. again. And you know, that old <laughs> adage is also true. You know, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. 
every time. <laughs> yeah. And like, speaking of that, I would love to ask you, I know as like a 1099, like I, I'd like to know more about um, what kind of spending and stuff can be right off and what's not. Cause it's so confusing. Right. Cause even like me as a realtor, mm-hmm. it's like miles work sometimes, but you got to log them and you, you know, there's just, everything's always changing. And so I'm always scared, like even business meals, yeah. You know, someone always told me, oh, all you need to do is talk about real estate and then you can write that off. But that's not true, is it? Yeah. So, well, let's talk about like just general philosophy, right? And mm-hmm. the rules. So the way that it works with the IRS is, I mean, it, there are some definite do's and don'ts. But in terms of the do's, really, it's a matter of is this expense ordinary and necessary in the course of your business? That's like the legal government terminology for, can you use this as a business expense? So Mm -hmm. that's really what you have to be thinking about when you're, you know, when you're choosing which card you're going to use at the time of purchase, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, is this business or is this personal? So I always think of the business stuff as, is this growing my business? Is it furthering my business? Is it required to operate my business? So if you're going to have lunch with a potential client, yeah, you're going to, potentially get some type of business out of it, grow your business. You still have to document the mm-hmm. nature of the business purpose, but you have the ability to, to write off that meal. So, and for 2021 and 2022 meals are hundred percent deductible. So oh. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. A big change from the past. Uh, but you know, there's just so many different things that you should be thinking about, you know, down yeah. to use of your home office. That's what I was going to say with the pandemic and all that. Now more and more people are working from home. Like me, I don't even go to the office anymore. My husband yeah. does. Um, in Debellum, but I just come over here because it's, you know, I can walk here in my PJs and get all my work done and not have to deal with, you know, having to get in the car. Well, and you know, so many people thought this was like a red flag, right? I mean, this is the, I mean, and maybe in, you know, 1983, you probably couldn't work from home, right? (laughs) It probably was a red flag because, you know, the internet didn't even exist, right? Right. But now, I mean, it's so common for people to even eliminate their brick and mortar offices, Mm -hmm. you know, so they might have a common desk you know, subscription or something, but otherwise they're all pretty much working remotely. And there's businesses that are completely modeled in this way. So for, for the actual operator of a business, whether it's, you know, self-employed individual or someone who, you know, has a larger business, but does work from home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a totally legitimate expense. And even your ability to reimburse employees for the use of their home offices. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a way to put money in your employees' pockets right? In a non-taxable way. So I can reimburse you for your, you know, everything associated with your home office, the percentage of your home that's used as an office. And then I'm essentially giving you money and it's not taxable to you because it's a reimbursement. So it could be, it's a huge tool now versus like this huge hindrance or red flag. So um, I always encourage people, especially people who are starting to work with us to go out to our website under the resources tab. So mbgcpa.com, go to the resources tab and we have deduction guidelines out there. I'm going to have to look at that because it just, it's so many different ones. It's, you know, hard to keep track. Yeah, definitely. And so, and we'll tell you like the things that you definitely don't want to write off. So right. like, dry cleaning, I mean, unless you're like a costume company, <laughs> you got to dry clean this stuff and, you know, but like I mean, dry cleaning, clothing, anything personal, you know, related to your, you know, the, your home, mm-hmm. pet food and things like that, all that stuff, it's personal. See, cause so. I hear people that say, oh yeah, I write off my suits because that's what I wear to go to, you know, my meetings and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, oh, no. it seems like you're stretching it when you're, you know, yeah. trying to write everything off. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you can't, that's not allowed. I mean, so uniforms, yes, 
Mm-hmm. But if you can wear those clothes other places, no, forget it. No. So no. this is why businesses have to come to you because uh, it's, it, I don't, I can't imagine having to like keep track of all of this on my own. Yeah. The so. other question we get a lot about is receipts, right? Cause yes. this is always a common thing. Like, Oh my goodness, I can't keep up with all these receipts and, or what do I need to keep up with? Yeah. So the rule is $75 and under the IRS is never going to ask you for a receipt. Oh. You still have the requirement to actually justify the expense, you know, as a business, I mean, the business purpose of the expense, but you don't have to produce a receipt. So $75 and over you will. So just keep that in mind. So for people who are, you know, you go to Starbucks and you have a, you know, coffee meeting or, you know, you don't have to worry about that receipt. You still have to, you know, make sure Remember you, you know, keep a note in your, you know, QuickBooks file or something, you know, how to, you know, coffee, you know, with potential client or existing client or vendor or whatever it is. Yeah. But you don't have to hang one of those receipts. So don't just like show up to your office with like a shoebox full of a bunch of. No, no. <laughs> and I'm sure you know this from having gone through an audit. I mean, you got to have a lot of credibility with the agents when they, if they do show up. Mm-hmm. So we encourage anybody who is running a schedule C. So if you're a 1099 contractor and you've got a bunch of expenses or any type of business, I mean, if you're filing as a partnership or S corp, you got to have a set of books. So that means that if somebody shows up to examine your tax return, we produce accounting records that are supporting everything on the tax return. So there's never any question about like, well, show me what's all in this meals. It's not a stack of receipts. It's a detailed general ledger that says, here's all the charges. And it adds up to what we deducted on the tax return. That is just a must. Got to do it. And I think that's like a huge misconception because like people literally think you just save a bunch of receipts. And if you get audited, you hand it over. Well, who's going to go through all that? You have to go through all that. Yeah. And make it presentable. Right. I mean, and I've done that before for clients. Oh, where, and then, and then, <laughs> I mean, this is everything that, you know, they told us the expenses were, and we don't do this anymore, but this is like old school, right? Like here's all these, fill out this, these are all my numbers, just put them on there. And then later when they do get examined, it's like, show me all your receipts. And then of course nothing adds up. Oh, it's just, it's no good. It's not a good way to operate. I was actually just talking to a prospective client who ended up becoming our client and he was preparing his own return. Um, he was a 1099 contractor. And when I asked him about the expense categories, he just had a few things on the schedule C and I said, okay, well, I mean, surprised you don't have like, he's a professional licensed professional, like where's your dues and subscriptions and continuing professional education. He said, well, I just add up my expenses and then just put random amounts on in different boxes. And I was Whoa. like, we <laughs> no. can't do that. That is a, that is a surefire way to lose all credibility during any type of examination. Yeah. Not good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. What other tips and tricks do you have for us? Like normal people that don't know all, that, all of that for like when filing to get maybe to get the most, you know, um, savings, I guess, tax savings. Yeah. So the key to tax savings is tax planning. You you can't just show up to get your tax return prepared and expect to save a lot of dollars in taxes. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who are saving significant tax dollars have gone through some type of tax planning. And it's not just once a year. It's really an ongoing process. What's happening in your business? How much money are you making? How much money are you spending? and understanding the different strategies that you can employ to drive your taxes down. So this is anything from saving for retirement, mm-hmm. maximizing deductions, um, taking advantage of the specific rules in your profession. Like if you're a real estate professional, you can take advantage of certain losses that people who are not in the real estate profession can. So it's just through that proper planning that you actually save massive amounts of tax dollars. So. Yeah. 
and you got to do it before year end. So 1231 is the, the cutoff. Yeah. So there's a lot of decisions you have to make in the November, December timeframe. It's really your last opportunity to, you know, defer income, accelerate expenses, make a lot of uh, changes and decisions and in the financial picture for your business for mm-hmm. the year. So when you get to tax preparation time, there's no surprises. You've yeah. already done all the work. And for many of our clients who go through, well, all of our clients who go through tax planning, they know how much they owe in December. Yeah. So when we get to April 15th, there's no surprises. Yeah. They're, they're, they've been planning for what their cash outlay is going to be for taxes. They already know. And so it's it's a fin- fantastic process because we're actually leveraging all of the information mm-hmm. to avoid all these pitfalls. You know, you hear about, oh my gosh, I had this tax surprise tax bill and not, what am I yeah. going to do? How am I going to pay it? Well, that's because there was no planning. Yeah. So well, and just even those little questions about like, oh, like you said, like the retirement, there's not just one different type of retirement account. There's a million different kind. And to figure out which one's going to be the best for you and which ones you even qualify for, or do I sign up as an LLC and pay myself or do I work, you know, like yeah. there's just a million different scenarios. And so to have someone kind of hold your hand and um, guide you through all that is yeah. priceless. Absolutely. And, you know, things change from year to year. Your, yeah. your income, as your income is rising, you're going to make some different decisions. And as cash is available, you make different decisions. So that is really important to just explore all those things. The the other thing that we find a lot of times is that business owners feel this need to keep their professional advisors kind of siloed, right? Like this is my accountant. This is my financial advisor. This is my estate planning attorney. Like Mm -hmm. everybody's in their own little box and they don't talk to each other. That is the most ineffective approach. Because it involves your personal and professional finances, all those people need to be communicating on a routine basis. And that's really kind of that holistic plan. Yeah. You know, I, and I, we encourage all of our clients as they become, you know, kind of integrated into our processes, we have them fill out something called the circle of key advisors. So who are all the people as a business owner I need around me to help me make sure that I've got all these things in my life in order, you know, mm-hmm. business and personal so that I am never without an expert to guide and direct me in these specific areas. And then all those people need to talk. And so that's also on our website as a resource. It's a fillable form. And I also like to think of it as as like in case of emergency type thing, like especially as a business owner, like if I'm not there and there's, let's just say my office gets flooded, Mm -hmm. who's our insurance person? Who do we call? You can quickly pull up the circle of key advisors has all the content information for our insurance person. You know exactly who to go to. Anybody can go and see who we need to call in order to get this problem solved. I just love that because it makes it seem so easy. <laughs> and when it's not, you know, it's like com- uncomplicating the complicated. Yeah. I mean, I think that's systems, processes and systems, procedures, like really systematizing it. When I initially got out of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do like most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had this marketing degree, but I had all these accounting hours and uh, what do I do? Um, I was a bank teller for six years, um, all the way through college and a little bit in high school. And so I became an auditor for bank one at the time now, Chase, and I was working in internal audit. And one of the cool things about being in any type of internal audit function is everything, you're documenting all of the systems. You're learning from the people doing it. You're trying to understand the systems. You're looking for all the holes and gaps, things that could go wrong and what controls are existing or should be existing to prevent something from going wrong. And I think what's really interesting is that perspective for me and kind of doing that for a few years changes the way that I see 
businesses running. When they don't have systems and processes, yeah. it's almost like that little internal audit person in me is like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we have to go and systematize this because that's where the breakdowns are happening. That's where they're you know, struggling because you know you can't replicate something that's not systematized. Yeah, It's like just in the business owner's head or just in some other employee's head. And there's no clear pathway for other people to follow. Like, how does it work here? And when things go wrong, like, how do we fix it? Okay, here's the decision tree. Here's the, you know. So I think it's, uh, for me, all of that experience, I believe, really translates into me helping other business owners because I'm applying, like, this different perspective for sort of how they should be running their businesses. And a lot of times when I'm talking to clients, like, I mean, like, I'm looking backwards and I'm like, accounting is like way back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, because most of their challenges are not just the basics of accounting. It's how do I build a business that's scalable? Mm-hmm. How do I get past all of these growing pains yeah. to get to something where I can function in a leadership role as opposed to doing all this stuff in my business? Agreed. I think that's like a huge problem with um, most startups or new businesses you know they just can't get that extra time it's like I always tell my mom I'm like god I wish I could like clone myself so I have someone to do this work and then I do this other stuff you know it's just always so much on your plate and so yeah, yeah. especially when it's stuff that you don't 100% comprehend it just it takes longer because oh. you don't know what you're doing and you yeah. got to research everything and it's Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not good with numbers. Yeah. And I mean, you can't hire somebody to do everything. I mean, especially right. as a small business owner, right? Like that's mm-hmm. unaffordable. So you're going to have to learn how to create ways for other people to help you at certain points. Mm-hmm. It's just mapping that out a lot of time is a struggle for business owners, yeah. right? It's like, well, and they also face the whole like, well, if I do it myself, it's 100% my way and I like it and yeah. it's perfect. Versus if I give it to somebody else, it's like, mm-hmm. it's only 80% my way. And <laughs> not exactly. It's not perfect. And letting go of that. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it, is, it is a challenge. I mean, I, I, our business has grown tremendously, you know, since, you know, we started it. So it's, yeah. um, we, we all feel it. Yeah. And it's just a matter of encouraging and supporting and coaching and mentoring along the way. I think a lot of times... CPAs are often viewed as like these people who just work in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're preparing the financial statements for last month. We're preparing the tax return for last year. And I think that CPAs have to change. Um, and we, we have to be more forward thinking. And, and the rear view mirror is got to be smaller than the windshield. We got to be more focused on where we're going versus where we've been helpful. The past is meant to help you, not to hurt you, right? We're yeah. going to use that information but we've got to actually be using it to influence the future. That's the difference. That's where CPAs really need to be helping their clients. Yeah. I love that actually. Cause you're not trying to just always prevent you. I mean, if you can save and like just see that, Oh yeah, next year I'm going to save this much money because I've done X, Y, and Z. That's a lot better of a feeling than, Oh gosh, I'm panicking now because it's time to do my taxes and I don't know what I'm going to owe. And it's more than I anticipated. I mean, I don't want taxis to be a non-event. For all my business owners, they're like, okay, great. I'm glad my taxes are done. You know what I mean? That's the way it should feel because they need to be, that's the past. Like they shouldn't be panicking or freaking out about it or anything. It should just be, okay, it's done. Great. 
they should still be focused on where they're going. Yeah. I mean, the future and the forecasts and the revenue and the profits and all those things mm-hmm. are way more important than is my 1120S filed by 315. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's changing. And it's also changing a little bit their expectation of working with someone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of helping them to understand what to expect and how to, how to work with an accountant who is sort of focused on these different goals. Yeah. Well, tell me about a little bit about how you grew your business. That's kind of an exciting journey because you started really from like ground level, I feel yeah. like, right? So when I joined, so our firm was originally founded by two members and I joined three months after the firm started. So wow. uh, the firm was started to do audit and tax. And that was, it was sort of uh, born out of, um, I worked for the audit partner and my current business partner worked for the tax partner at the time. And so I, I had just had a baby a year um, before that. And I had started working for like a, an online accounting thing. You know, I could only vacuum for so long and I was like, oh goodness, I'm so bored. I've got to do something else with my life. So I went back to work doing this stuff from home. And so when I, when I joined the MBA group, I said, well, I'm going to, I'll bring, I'll bring the accounting in. And I I never built anything before. I never built a business. I mean, this was, I was, I, I guess I didn't realize the entrepreneur that was inside of me. And that's probably how most entrepreneurs feel when they start out, right? They mm-hmm. just start. And one thing that I discovered is, is that um, I'm far more of a visionary than I ever really knew. I thought I was just really good at accounting, but I think what I was better at was sort of designing a way for us to bring, replicate this service over and over again and help more people. And so our accounting practice started off with one client who is still our client today. (laughs) So from 2006, all the way to now, 16 years, they've been our client. And we just, I just started working on it. You know what I mean? We started writing processes, procedures, hiring people, um, I was a stay-at-home working mom, sort of. Um, and so I started hiring other moms to uh, work for me kind of part-time. And we started just, we just started. And it started growing and growing and growing, sort of adding more clients and more clients. And I sort of just, just discovered this need. And it's really kind of blossomed into this now ability for us to take what we do and help transform these businesses. But man, have I learned a ton along the way. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I really like to bring to business owners is to sort of this understanding that you're going to struggle and it's going to be hard and you're going to have to do a lot of things that you never thought you would ever have to do. And there's going to be a lot of challenges, but it's worth it. You just have to keep going um, and keep re-examining what you're doing. Keep being innovative. Keep thinking outside the box. Keep pushing yourself to reinvent yourself. And I think that I feel like that every day. There's just nothing too crazy. You know, write every good idea down. Don't lose them. You might better come back to that idea. That might be something that is going to be a phenomenal part of your success. I think the other thing is that I learned, which is interesting, that. Marketing matters in a business, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy coming from a CPA with a marketing degree <laughs> is we didn't spend a whole lot of um, time and effort on marketing. Oh gosh. Until just a few years ago. 
it was just, you know, like, oh, well, we're a referral-based business. This is, you know, kind of capitalizing upon all the traditional thoughts of how professionals work, advisors work, and things like that. And what I have learned about that is that it, you do have to invest in being a resource to people, sharing mm-hmm. information, actually thinking about your brand, what you want it to stand for, yeah. what do you want it to mean to your clients, to your people, um, to yourself and being true to that every step of the way. And it is, it's reflected in how you carry yourself, how you talk to people, how you serve clients, how your employees serve clients. So it matters. It matters more than people think. I think it's one of those things. Yeah. Branding. It's like, man, it's more than just a logo or a name. It's everything. Like it's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a way you do things. It's you. Yeah. It is it is part of your identity and it becomes that way. So yeah, I don't know, just so many things, so many things. <laughs> yeah, and it, with marketing, like you said, it's so crazy now because there's so much social media and all of that that you can use to your disposal, you know? It's like, it's free marketing even. And Yeah, I mean, I see things on, I mean, I follow, you know, other accounting firms and other people on like Instagram, something, and I, I'm just... I'm amazed. Yes. I'm inspired a lot of times. I'm like, that's such a great idea. These yeah. people are uh, doing things that are propelling their businesses forward in whole new ways and, and really being a resource. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much information that's getting shared, that's great for people to be able to say, Hey, you know, that's a really good idea. You know, um, I have a, <laughs> I have a new client and, um, she was doing some things, um, on her business, I said, I'm, I'm going to be doing that. I'm, I'm going to, um, do you mind if I steal that idea? And she said, nope, that's called swipe and deploy. I said, okay. Well, <laughs> that's why she's sharing. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. A swipe and deploy. Sounds like a great idea. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. like what you were talking about, like, Hey, you got to keep moving and there's struggles and any big struggle, like big hurdle you um, encountered while building your business. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, 2008, 2009 financial crisis, that was a huge uh, struggle. Um, I think for us, one of the things that is unique in a professional services firm is this idea of equating time with knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And and this is a struggle for anyone who sort of builds by the hour, whether you're a lawyer, graphic design company, um, accountant, and this is um, there's a lot of people who do this and marketing firms, you know, this idea of that my time is worth something. And um, I'm move, we're moving completely away from that, that idea. And we're moving to the idea that value is what you're after. There's a list of things you need done. There's a price you're willing to pay for that work. And so we can capitalize upon the idea that you're paying for, there's a price for what it is you're going to get. Uh, that is probably one of the biggest challenges for us is getting away from this idea that, you know, to spend an hour on something, but you solve a problem that's, you know, $300,000 tax savings. What's wow. that worth? Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's a five minute idea and it saves millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, so um, it's important to capture the value of the services you're offering. I agree with that. Cause that's like in real estate too. Um, Sometimes people will say, oh, you sold my house in like a day. So then why do I need to pay you all that commission? It was so easy. And it's like, well, no, it's not 
that I just sold it. It's all my experience and all the marketing and all the, all that stuff that I bring to the table. It's right. not just, what if I didn't sell it? You'd be upset, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. So. Same, same on our side, right? If I didn't solve your tax problem, you'd be really upset. So, yeah. um, so there's a real big shift. So we're, we've completely eliminated the billable hour in our firm and we do everything on a fixed fee basis. So people, it's transparent, it's upfront. There's no yeah. like ticking time clock and like, what's my bill gonna be? You know, before we even get started. I feel like the client would really appreciate that, you know, because that's like the biggest stressor, even like you said with attorneys or anything like that. You're like, oh my God, how many hours is it gonna? You're already like thinking before you even get started, oh gosh, they're gonna charge me so much money. They're gonna rack it up, you know, and yeah. you already dread the bill. But if you already know you're gonna get all this value for a fixed cost, my right. gosh, that's. I know. Huge. I mean, we've all seen that. Like, I mean, like, are they charging me to walk to the fax machine and fax something? Right. You know what I mean? Or make coffees or, you know, that's just a, I think we, as professionals, we just have to eliminate that way of thinking. Yeah. But reinventing that in your business and completely shifting away from it. Like we were having to retrain our, our entire staff, you know, oh who's grown up in this very traditional mindset. Yeah. Our profession, in a lot of ways, there's people moving away from being accountants. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 2019, it was the lowest number of CPA candidates like wow. in the history of like the CPA exam. And we're going to be like the last of the Mohicans or something. Oh my gosh. Like a dying breed. Or, and, we, and people are leaving our industry because, you know, it has bad reputation where you would track your time down with a 15-minute interval. I mean, who wants to do that? Uh, nobody. I mean, no one else does that. I mean, do you do that? No, <laughs> no. I mean, if you work at like American airlines and they're making you like, which airplane are you working on for, or, you know, what client? No, it's crazy. Um, uh, there's also uh, in our profession anyway, there are just a number of like bad, you know, myths of like, Oh, you're gonna have to work a hundred hours during tax season. And there are firms who are still doing this to people. So there's no work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And so people leave and, or they are not given opportunities to be in leadership positions. You know, that's the partner's job. That's not, you're not allowed to do that, that kind of stuff. So I feel like for our business, I'm, I have three missions. I have a core business mission, which is to help our business owners to transform their businesses and, and hopefully their professional and personal lives. And I want to transform our profession by doing all these things differently. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, those are really the missions that I'm, I'm on, like from a professional standpoint, I think in doing those things, we transform ourselves personally. We become mm-hmm. better humans, better mentors, better teachers. We're better in our community. I mean, all those things start to happen when we really push ourselves to be transformative yeah. to others. Be more than just the average, you know, like anyone yeah. can... Anyone with a degree can just come and just, you know, do a daily job. But when you're doing that and trying to transform and mm-hmm. make a difference, it's... That's- yeah. And correlating that, I mean, down doesn't matter what task you're doing. How does what I'm doing relate to these missions? Mm-hmm. And I think about that just every day when I'm working on things. Like, you know, how is this furthering, you know, my client? How is this improving myself or my staff? How is this helping my profession? Those are big big things. We just got to stay focused on those. And I think that's the job of leaders too, to make sure that they're making that crystal clear to the people who have literally volunteering their time. I mean, they might be getting a paycheck, but they're volunteers, you know, and making sure that they feel good about the work that they're doing. I think that's like the mindset of most um, successful entrepreneurs. Like 
you don't, you're always trying to grow or you're always trying to learn, you know, the people that stop and they're like, Oh, happy with just what they're at. I feel like, you know, you don't have what it takes to be a leader or, mm-hmm. you know, change the business. So that's really awesome to hear you talk about all of that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's different to run a company to lead a company. Yeah. Those are two different things. Definitely. There, there, there's a big difference. You need to do both. Mm-hmm. Both have got to happen. But it's really exciting when I see people, I see business owners like morph. Yeah. I can see them change and their mindset starts to change and they take on this new leadership role. They are hungry for that, mm-hmm. that there is this quest, this thirst or something that's all of a sudden like, boom, off they go. And that's when their businesses really start to explode. Yeah. I love that. Um, so if somebody wants to like con- reach out to you and talk more about like what, you know, like how you can solve their problems or meet their needs. Like how can they contact you? Yeah. They can reach me via email. Susan Bryant. My email address is S Bryant at mbgcpa.com. You can always call our office 469-865-1040. And you can find me at extension one, two, three, because it's just that easy. <laughs> that is easy, but I'll make sure to type all that up when I post this podcast. But I do love to ask um, everybody like one question on my podcast and um, it's what business do you think is the most iconic in Dallas in your, in your opinion? Hmm. Well, that's a tough question. Cause there's a lot of businesses that have, you know, originated from Dallas born out of here. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's just the most interesting about Dallas is just the plethora of restaurants. I mean, yeah. it is sort of crazy. Yes. Like, I mean, and they pop up, I mean, even during COVID, I mean, yes. they are the last they're frequented. There's more coming. So when I think of like iconic an iconic business in Dallas. I think of like Brinker. Yeah. I mean, they're huge. And if you think about the impact that they've had in the restaurant industry, yeah. again, systematizing all corporate locations. I mean, it's really a remarkable business. Um, It's really phenomenal that there's just so much talent in this community. I mean, just in that business, in that industry, uh, and many others. It's just crazy. Agreed. Dallas, Dallas. Dallas. Everybody loves to go out and eat. Dallas. Oh What's your favorite restaurant? Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I, la- I love Cane Rosso. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my great. goodness. That place is so delicious. Um, gosh, there's too many to know. I mean, right. because, you know, I mean, who doesn't want a Mambo taxi? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like limit two for me. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from the limousine. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time to um, come on my show. I learned so much and I know my audience is going to really, really appreciate everything you've talked about today. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks. To learn more about MB Group and the services they offer, or to set up a consultation with Susan, visit mbgcpa.com or call 214-751-3362. If you liked today's episode, follow me on Instagram at Iconic Business Podcast and subscribe to Iconic Businesses of Dallas on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for tuning in. This episode was recorded in Dallas, Texas and edited by Sean Chapman.